Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of What Are We Doing Podcast with your host, Becca and Ari. What are we doing? Hopefully, Ari's microphone is working normally this time. We never know, though. Like, we really don't. I know. And I mean, our last episode, like four months ago, um, it wasn't working the best. But you know what? It Like Ari said, it adds to the genuineness of our podcast. And What happened last time? Like, what did I do wrong? So I think you you fully had the mic plugged in, but you were like recording from your AirPods or something because like you could hear all of like the HVAC going on, the air conditioning, like everything, every noise in your house. We, we could all hear. Love that. Love that for me. It was really authentic. Like we really got to feel like we were in your home, you know? <laughs> yes. It was great. <laughs> so guys, we have not been podcasting for a while because... We are just really busy gals, you know. All of a sudden, like the pandemic went away, and yeah, we've been we, busy. When we first started this, it's so crazy to think we were in your garage. It was, it was in like July, sweltering, a million heat degrees, because we couldn't go inside, and right. we were like both we were both like what are we doing with our lives and also we're like when is this pandemic gonna end and what's going on and tiktok's now a thing and all this kind of stuff oh my god and it's just crazy to think it's been like almost two years like that's crazy but also looking back at it now like when we were in my garage like it was kind of like being inside so we honestly tortured ourselves like if we had only known what we knew now then like we would not have tortured ourselves in the 97 degree garage but it made it so authentic 100% I feel like the fun thing about looking back on our podcast is kind of it's kind of like a history lesson a yeah. mini history lesson and it's you like get a time to, capsule yeah it's a little time capsule and you get to see the periods of history like when we you got to get to watch the pandemic play out and like watch us get eyes. different jobs and watch us move and watch us all that kind of stuff. So I think it's uh it's really cool. That was a really good way to put it and also a great segue into what this podcast is going to be about. Um it's going to be a little less structured than our past podcasts um just because I feel like that's good though because we just need to yeah. catch up and catch up with all of our thousands of listeners. we need to just let them know what's going on and I do want to try to get back on like a semi-regular posting schedule with this podcast just because it does such it brings me such joy when we do it same Um, and you know what also I feel like I feel like too that obviously there's been a lot of moving parts I moved to New York Mm -hmm. and and I was moving apartments and getting some of my job and you're probably going to talk about you know some changes in your life and all this kind of stuff that I feel like now, or I mean, you're still obviously in the midst of change, but for me... But life never stops moving like Life that, never you know? stops, but for me at least, I feel a little more settled in my space, so yeah. I feel like I'm at more of a place where I can like podcast more regularly, you know? Right, like carve out some time on like a Tuesday night. So that kind of brings me into what we want to talk about today, which is I recently made my first ever like job switch you know I like left my job got a new job went through the interview process all over again um which was hell but I did it and we just kind of wanted to talk about you know like how to know when it's time to move on how to know when what you're doing isn't fulfilling you or bringing you joy and then kind of like what that process 
looked like for me and what and I mean it's obviously different for everybody in every situation but I kind of want to talk about you know how I went about telling my job and obviously you don't want to burn any bridges because professional connections are like the most important thing in the world when you're a 20 something year old so yeah so I kind of wanted to talk about that and then Ari also kind of did a similar thing when you took the job you have currently but you did that like last year was it a year ago that you got your job yeah but there's been some changes kind of in my trajectory a little bit recently or just where I think I'm going and I think that's I I can talk about it almost from a different perspective Mm -hmm. in the sense of kind of like I think when you first exit college you're in the mindset of like what the fuck is going on and I think you're starting to figure it out like company wise I think for me I think it's just we can both kind of talk about trajectory and how that becomes clear how you go about um you know the steps you take to kind of achieve that trajectory that you have in your mind but then again it also changes a lot too we're both super young so um but I can talk about that kind of from a little bit of a different perspective too for sure um so first I want to jump in and say like kind of you know the little things I noticed that was kind of making me realize that I was ready to start looking and move on and I know that we are in the great resignation right now where it seems like everybody is leaving their jobs but genuinely I think that was something that really kind of stuck out to me was that I'm in such a good position right now where I can find exactly what I need and my former employer wasn't offering me what I needed and I was able to really narrow in on that and figure out exactly what I needed in my next position which I think is just an incredibly lucky thing to do especially at 23 being able to like pick and choose almost what you want in the job I felt like that was really cool and you and you had about a year or so of really good experience under your belt too so this is the first time when you first come out of college you can't really leverage anything when you're interviewing for jobs you're kind of interviewing for jobs and they're like what experience you have you're like i was in this club in school i was a lifeguard yeah i worked on this project (laughs) whereas now when you're interviewing um after post-college after you've had some experience under your belt you can probably test it's a much different process because you have actual industry experience to talk to to kind of use to leverage um when you're when you're doing these interviews for sure and i mean like looking back at some of the interviews i did in college versus like the higher level interviews i did a couple of months ago like i'm cringing for myself like i cannot believe that i was ever allowed out to do an interview when i was like 19 or 20 um and i mean obviously that's going to change too now like when i'm you know 35 i'm going to think about the interviews i did when i was 23 and probably cringe but it is a learning curve it is a learning experience and it was something that i did feel very grateful of the fact that i had those almost two years of experience under my belt to interview um so some of the things that i noticed i wasn't happy with in my job which obviously this is different for everyone but it was something that actually ari said Actually, you said it, and then your dad posted it on Instagram. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I, you know what? I I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't believe that inspired you. Well, it did, because... So Ari said this, like, she... You said something along these lines, but you gauge how much you like your job versus by how you feel on Sunday nights. And I thought that was just, like, amazing, because I really dreaded 
Sunday nights. And it wasn't necessarily because I had to go to work the next day because I wasn't liking what I was doing, but it was like, I knew I had to get in my car, commute for two hours. I was going to be doing 11 hour days. Like it was just kind of got me thinking that there was something I needed to change. Um, and it, you know, it really clicked that I was like, okay, that's my job. Like that was something that I could control. That and even stresses just, me out. Like just hearing that stresses me out. I remember you like I you'd be like in your drive for like in traffic for at Ugh. least, you know, hour, two hours and oh god, Ugh. that does not that was not fun. No. And especially in the in the the world we're living in now, like when I did start applying to jobs and they were all they all said, you know, we don't care where you work, work from anywhere, as long as you're getting your work done, like that made me feel like a valued human, like, oh, they would trust me to get my work done from anywhere. But also it's just so cohesive with my lifestyle. You know, like I'm a busy bee. I like to be a lot of different places. And so working from a lot of different places and getting to switch that up is more beneficial to me than sitting at a desk in a job that I could be doing from anywhere, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm similar in that way. I, I am lucky because in my job that it allows me to do that in the sense that we fully return to office, but we work in a hybrid schedule. So Monday and Friday, you're allowed to work from anywhere. And also you're, you're kind of allowed to work from anywhere with manager. Just like if you just kind of clear it with your manager, especially because Mm -hmm. my job is pretty individual, but I do work as you know, in big tech. And so my office is 16 floors an entire block and there's three different offices so right i'll kind of you know pick and choose a different floor or a different chair or a different you know lounge or a different yeah. restaurant and you know and kind of bounce around so instead of having to i think you were in a much smaller company so you had like for sure. one spot to be in and i do think a lot of my happiness productivity all that kind of stuff is really impacted by my physical space and I think that if you feel like almost trapped or confined Mm -hmm. in your physical space like you had what like a one-person team or something like that um or two-person team two people yeah but one was remote yeah then it's very easy to feel almost like trapped bored unproductive and I think that being Mm -hmm. able to switch up your spaces not only is just like good mentally but it makes the day go by so fast hundred percent like and that was something that you know I think like you said like when you first get out of college like you're not really able to leverage much and that mindset kind of stuck with me on the fact of like oh you know I'm still new I can't really ask for what I know will be beneficial and I think that's what people kind of stick with and that's like people are afraid to really ask for what they want even if they know it'll help them um and so ultimately I was like I knew what I wanted. I wasn't going to find at my current job. You know, I was a team of two where one person was remote. I was commuting two hours every day. I didn't have, I didn't have a ton of the best benefits. Like the pay wasn't what I needed it to be. And I knew that I was not going to get a team of 10 who are all my age, who are all going to be allowed to work with me. So I think if you're happy with your job and you're, you're, you can leverage in your job and that's what you want to do, I say go for it. But if you think that you can't find those stuff in your job, there's no shame in going elsewhere and looking elsewhere and putting out some feelers. And ultimately, that's what led me to my current position. And I mean, I'm much happier mentally and I just have so much time back. And like, I didn't realize how much of my day was being spent behind a wheel and being spent sitting at a desk until 
now I'm from home and I can go on a walk during lunch and I can quickly, like, you know, throw in a load of laundry and like you kind of get time back, which is I'm so grateful for. And it, it really does make a huge, huge difference on just productivity and mental health wise or on, on my productivity and my mental health. And then overall, just getting my work done. You know, it just it's a better environment. So that was something that I was searching for and I found in my in this current position. Whoop, whoop. Um, and I really implore everybody, if they're not happy, to make a change because I feel like it's so much more common now. Like, I know your parents will probably say, oh, I stayed at a job for 10 years. It's That's not likely. That's what I was just about to say. I think there's yeah. a big difference in our parents' generation, our generation, which I'm not saying one is right, but I think there's a shift. So I think yes. that in our parents' generation, like I remember when I was starting the job process, my mom and dad were like, you're not going to be happy until, you know, four or five plus years. I mean, obviously you shouldn't be like absolutely miserable, but they're like, you're going to do the bitch work for a while. You're going to have right. to be cleaning the trash and, and kind of scraping the floor and, and all that kind of stuff. And you pay your dues. Like they have this very pay your dues mindset mm-hmm. where I feel like with our gen- and you kind of work your way up in the same company type of vibes mm-hmm. for many years where I feel like in our generation, it's different in the sense that work is so much not the center of a lot of people's lives. And we want to have a very fun, very happy, fulfilling life. And because, you know, it's not the center of our lives, but work is, you know, at least nine to five every single day, probably mm-hmm. more if you, you know, depending on some jobs, depending on, um, uh, you know, uh, the commute. Yeah. So I think that we want to be happy. So I think there's a difference in the sense that, like, if we're doing a job for a year and we don't feel happy, a lot of times we'll move to another job. And yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing at all no. i think that there's a happy medium like i don't think you should just yeah be like, oh i'm not happy so i'm gonna jump like you're not always gonna be happy. it's a job like there's gonna be issues with every job you're gonna get tired sure. you're gonna get stressed all this kind of stuff and you do have to work hard and pay your dues especially if you want to move up and there's mm-hmm. gonna be frustrations all that kind of stuff but i don't think you should be miserable just because in a few years it'll pay off and you'll be high in the company like so great what you know what are you gonna do yeah then, then what Exactly. And I think it's, I mean, obviously I'm not saying like, oh, if you give it a month and you're unhappy, switch. Like, no, like I feel like one to two years. Yeah. One to two years at a company. Once you kind of figure out like where you're headed in that company and, and what you can really see for your growth. And then if you realize it's not for you switch, like that was something that for me, I, there was nowhere for me to really go. Like, obviously it was a team of two. Like I wasn't just going to be promoted all of a sudden to the director of marketing because I had a year and a half of experience. Like, yeah, there wasn't a very not. clear career trajectory in your old position. Exactly. And so that was something I knew, like when I was interviewing was I would ask, you know, is there room for growth here? Is there room, is there promotions within? Is there, you know, all of this stuff. And one thing that really stuck out to me that my current boss told me like during the interview process was like, it was what made me feel like this was the right position was she said, you know, a great leader or a good leader knows, hopes that you'll move on. I'm sorry, I'm butchering this. A good leader hopes that you'll move on. A great leader knows that you will. And I thought that was so amazing that she said that because she was like, my goal is to make you the best that you can be wherever that wants to take you. Like, obviously she would hope that that would keep me in the company, but she's like, if that isn't your goal, like, my job is to make sure I can get you where you want to go. So that was really special to me. Um, 
and something that, you know, I was just, I was looking for. I was looking for that support, that feeling valued as both, both an employee and a person. And I feel like that's really the way that a lot of companies are switching to. Like they're valuing the person as more than just a machine that can get their, you know, pay their bills, which I, I think, think is good. And I think that's our generation. I also think that's because of COVID. I think that yes. people, I think it's totally shifted how we view work and especially our generation has placed such a big emphasis on work-life balance on mm-hmm. not you know when I leave work I know that I mean but this is different because I have friends who are working in other types of fields and stuff like that but in my company after 4 30 p.m my boss does not message me until mm-hmm. at least like 10 a.m the next day it's a very respectful of like your hours and there's no like i mean i work extra because i i like it like i I just like it but you know you don't feel forced to i kind of i kind of like what i love about my job is it's not micromanaging at all so like I can kind of work the hours I want. I mean, I still work a nine to five, but a lot of times I'll do some extra light, busy work from like eight to 10, not because I have to, like I could easily, like tonight I didn't do any, I don't have to. And my boss actually would be probably mad at me if he knew I was doing it. But <laughs> I do it because I want to do well and yeah. but no one is forcing me to. And I think a lot of companies now are placing a big emphasis on you know, you doing your work, hopefully doing it well, learning what you can. Mm-hmm. But once it hits five, six o'clock, unless you have, you know, a big project or something to right. go out, enjoy, enjoy your life. It's not like a 24 yeah. hour, but again, if you know, some jobs like finance or, you know, I know it's my different works in fashion, it can be different, but I think I definitely see the shift in, in the culture. Yeah. But my question for you, bud, is is how are you liking your new job? Tell us about the first, I think it's been like a week, two weeks. Tell us how it's been going. It's been a week and a few days, and it's been good. I have been onboarded fully remotely, which, you know, is different because obviously I started my first job in person, so that's really all I knew. Um, So it's been a little bit of an adjustment getting used to, like, not immediately meeting my coworkers in person and, you know, being told these times you have this orientation and this time you have this. So it's been a lot, it's it's a lot of like autonomous work, which has been good and, and bad in a way, not bad, but I'm definitely like a learning by doing kind of person. So like, I just want to be like thrown in, like, let me try my hand at it. And if it sticks, you know, great. And then I'll keep going. And if it doesn't, we'll adjust and I'll learn. So it's just been a little bit slower of the last like week and a couple days, um, which I know I will definitely be grateful for like once work really does pick up. So I'm just trying to like embrace the, you know, the kind of slower days that I have, like really take my time and learn. Um, I've been experimenting with where I like to work. I like working from my house. I also like going to a coffee shop. And then I'm actually going in the office tomorrow to meet with a couple of the other team members on my team who are all in their 20s. They're all women. Like, oh, they're all, love. I know. They are all like so smart and they're all so nice. And like one of them was like, I'll meet you in the lobby. We can get a coffee and then we'll go up to our floor. Like, I'm telling you guys, I worked at a, I wouldn't say it's a small company, but it definitely like, it was probably around like 500, 600 people. And now I'm working for an agency that has like, you know, globally like 10,000 employees. And like the difference is so vast. Like I am, am impressed with everything. We have unlimited PTO. There's a gym in the building. Like 
it's wild. Like, corporate America, you guys, it's the best. <laughs> it's a little dramatic, but... <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just different. It's definitely a change going from working at a smaller company versus a bigger company. And everyone, you know, some people vibe with smaller, some people vibe with bigger. Right. It just kind of depends. I personally, I mean, if... I've done smaller. I, I'm vibing with bigger right now. Mm-hmm. But I will say, one thing I was struggling with a lot with my current job is a lot of my team is works from all over the place because, you know, that's kind yeah. of the, with, you know, COVID the and everyone's remote and everything like that. So one thing I was really lacking in my social life was work friends and that workplace yeah. banter. And I think there's such... Um, such a it's so underrated how important it is to have a work social life and be able to talk to people yes. and kind of have that what is it like water cooler chats or you know when you go to get yes. coffee and I just recently made some friends on my team Woo, because we good. just fully returned to office and I ended up making some friends and we went to Soul Cycle together last week we went oh, to a Yankees and, uh, game on Sunday um we're going to you know we do lunch together and that's so important it totally has changed my mindset knowing that like i'll see people because i've been going into the office since even in during you know all the craziness of the covid when the office was open but no one was going in um so right. before we had to return to office because i just i need separation between uh-huh. my home and and like my work so i need yes. to leave also, I live in a one bedroom with a flex, so um, right. like I need more space to work. And you're such like a routine girly. I'm like, such a routine like, girly. Like I need, yeah. I need to like put on a real outfit. I need to, you know, be. It's, mm-hmm. I'm just very, yeah. I'm like that. And now that everyone's back, it's just like really fun. And my day goes by <sighs> super fast, and people will come by. So I definitely think. And it was hard at first because when you're in a big company, I was trying to like seek out people. I will say that um, making friends with people on your team, whether they're a little bit older or whatever, just so you could have some workplace banters, honestly, adds so much to my mental health. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. No, for sure. And I think it's like you spend your whole day with these people. Like you need to have that kind of some sort of a relationship. Otherwise, like you said, it can be so isolating. Um, And so I'm excited that you found that for your team and that everybody, you know, people are starting to go in and you're starting to make friends like that because that's so important. And just doing things after work, like little work happy hours and just getting to know these people who you're ultimately going to be working with and being around for eight to nine hours a day, huge. Like that's, that's so good. So I'm glad that you have that. And hopefully... Hopefully you make some friends tomorrow, guys. <laughs> I think you will. I'm sure I have a I good will. feeling. You can make friends with a stick. Like you could Thank literally you, make friends with anyone. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that was very sweet. So, okay, wait. I did want to talk about one other thing, which was like in the the process of like telling my job I was leaving. Oh yeah, that's that's good. Cause that's hard. Like that's like sucks. how you do that, especially how you do that respectfully. It is. I watched my roommate just go through it um, when I had to do it. It literally gives you so much anxiety. Like, you feel like you're going to throw up. Like, I literally, I literally thought I was the feeling. Up. I watched my roommate go through it. It is so, it's up up there with some of the most stressful 
conversations you have to have. 1,000%. And I will say, like, so I had this Uber driver. So, okay, wait, guys, I'm going to, let me rewind a little bit here. So I had another job offer on the table, not this one. And they were giving me, like, the works. Like, they they really wanted me, which was really, it made me feel really good. Um, and so I ended up getting drinks with them just to see if I fit like the vibe of the company and they were so nice and like they couldn't have been sweeter but just something in my gut was like this is not the next move for me like I just like knew it in my gut and I which was weird because I went into that meeting like I remember you told me that yeah I was like give me a pen where do I sign but then when I met them I was like holy crap so I get in the Uber on my way home from these drinks and I'm crying. Like I am sobbing in the backseat of this Uber, like calling my mom. And it, like looking back, it seems so stupid. Like I was no, crying that's over so a stressful. job. No, it's be- right. I, I don't invalidate that because that it's when you're going through a period of change, especially something as big as a job and you think you have an idea of what you think you want. And then, and then it shifts. It shifts. And then you kind of feel lost and without guardrails and it's a really vulnerable very stressful feeling for sure so i'm crying in this uber and my uber driver i hang up my mom my uber driver turns around and she's like why are you crying (laughs) and i was like oh um i'm just deciding between like a couple jobs and it's really overwhelming and i'm just like really nervous and she honestly gave me the best advice that i really needed to hear because she she looked at me and she's like no offense these employers do not care about you as much as you care about them. So why are you crying over them? Like you are just an employee to them. And I was like, wow. Okay. True. And she said, she goes, she goes, I don't know if you pray or if you meditate or if you manifest, I don't know what you do, but whatever you do, just like think about where you want your next move to be and you'll make the right choice. And then literally like a couple weeks later, here we are. So all I'm saying is that Uber driver was a genie, but she was right. So I kind of went in with that mindset of telling my my former employee like ideally I, I hope that they would want what was best for me and you know I didn't want to burn any bridges but that's hard to do when you you know like I don't know how to explain it like do you know what I'm saying it's hard to just like all of a sudden like dump this on somebody <laughs> yeah because usually they don't always see it coming it's not like your performance gets worse and worse and worse it's usually like you know what's been going on they don't and I think and, and you can when you talk more about this, you can go in more into it too. But I think that the best things when I remember when I was doing it is just to be respectful mm-hmm. and be direct and firm and then mm-hmm. rip the Band-Aid off. Because you know what? At the yes. end of the day, you're going to have to just kind of rip that Band-Aid off, have that hard conversation. And the worst part is you don't know how they're, re- they're going to react. They could be a little bitchy. They could be rude they could be you know that kind of happened with me a little bit or they could you know because most employers know that you're gonna not stay there forever especially if you're right, right. out of college like come on they don't think you're gonna stay at the company for 16 years they know so right. um so i i definitely think that, that those would be my tips for that but but tell me yeah. about your experience so i got the job offer on a wednesday no on a tuesday i accepted it on a wednesday and i told my work on a Thursday saying that like the Friday I was going to put in my two weeks so that way you know I did it on a Friday I left it for the weekend everybody kind of got to simmer (laughs) so I thought that was good I did it like Friday afternoon so uh or Thursday afternoon sorry always good to do it like towards the end of the week so then you don't have to go like the whole week and it does kind of make it's it's nice because my boss was remote so it wasn't like I had to like 
see her immediately after. Like, I could just, like, hang up the Zoom call. But um, I, I said it, and it was so stressful. I don't know about anyone else, but I get that, like, nervous rash on your neck where, like, it looks like someone, like, clawed you. Yes, <laughs> yes, so totally. luckily I was wearing a turtleneck. But that happened, and I said, you know, I just I explained what happened. I Not what happened, but I explained, like, what I was looking for, why I was leaving. I made sure to say, like, I'm so grateful for everything that I've like learned here. Like, it's truly nothing that could have been fixed. Like, it wasn't like I was leaving because of a unfi- like a fixable problem that I just wasn't happy with. No. Um, ultimately, it didn't go, like, the best. Like, I think it went, like, better than it could have. But I obviously don't want to speak too much about it just because I want to have respect for the company. And it, it, it was better than I, could, than I expected. But when I hung up that Zoom call, there was nothing more humbling than trying not to cry in, like, a private pod room, knowing you have to, like, walk past all of your oh colleagues after. There is nothing more humbling than that. And I remember standing there being like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And I kind of didn't. I, like, waited till I got to the bathroom, and then I cried. Um, I'm just so bad at confrontation. I think I was crying more about the fact that, like, I, I had to confrontation. confront. Yeah. Having a hard conversation with someone is literally my 13th reason I cannot do it I can't and I and and you have to do it and it's because it eats you up alive it's such a part of life yeah until and so you have to you just have to do it it just you've got to do it it is I mean people who are able to just do it and be like it's necessary part of life gotta do it I'm like wow that is amazing because I am so scared of any sort of conflict or confrontation, but you know, again, it's a part of life and everyone has it at some points and you have to have those conversations to get to where you need to, you need to to be be. because and where you want to go because you could have avoided that conversation, but then what one year, two year, three years stuck in the same place. Whereas now you're in a, in a better place for you. And yeah. you had to do that by having that. You you got there by having that hard conversation. Yeah. And I even told that to my my former boss. I was like, there's no good time for me to do this. Like, it's, it's always going to be a bad time to quit. Like, it just is. But what made me feel better was after I told my boss, you know, I told the rest of my colleagues, I told my work friends, and they could not have been more supportive. Like, they literally told me they were like, this is the best thing for you. We're so excited for you. Like, obviously they were sad that I was leaving, but they said, they're like, you don't, you don't belong here. Like you need to be somewhere where you can like reach your full potential and all of that. One, one person even said, he's like, when I saw you here, I was like, she won't last. Not in like a bad way, but he was like, she's going to move on. Like she's going to find something better. And I was like, did I last longer than you thought? And he was like, yes, you lasted almost two years. I was very surprised. My Um, dad said the same thing about you too. I think that uh, you've always been that way and you are kind of meant to like spread your wings and fly and I think you're destined for like pretty great things because you've always been like super creative and super um you know like charismatic and I think that you know I just think you you know there's there's no glass ceiling for you you're just gonna you're gonna keep going so I think this totally makes sense for, for where you're going and even, like, the president of the company, obviously, he called me, and he was like, what's going on? Like, can you tell me why you're leaving? And I told him, and he said, like, I completely understand that. You're young. Like, you need to be somewhere. And he, like, shook my hand and was like, reach out for anything if you ever need anything in the future, which, like, that's I really almost cried. Good. It was so nice. And, like, that's how you know. You know, I left on good terms. Like, the world is small. The workplace is small. Like, if, if there was ever anything I needed, it's nice knowing that I could reach out to these former colleagues and... You never know. I mean, you never know when you could work together again. And most people 
are probably going to be happy for you. If anyone's upset, it might be your boss. Yeah, or might, I can say she was a little upset. Well. It's usually, the, usually yeah. the boss. But usually everyone else is pretty freaking excited for you. Completely. So that was nice. And I mean, I think probably, yeah, the hardest part is telling your boss. And once you do that, I mean, smooth sailing. Unless your boss is like actually horrible. But no, I, I felt very lucky. But um, yes, that was that was a little bit about leaving my job. It's, it's a weird situation. It's like something new that like you've never experienced before. And I feel like it's been so long since something happened that like I hadn't experienced. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's very like new. A change. And it's a new situation to navigate that you don't yeah. have any like precedent for, you know? Right. And everyone's situation is different. So it's not like you can really get like, I mean, you can get advice, but you can't, it's not like everybody can relate to it. Like everybody's situation is so different depending on how their company takes it or whatever. But yeah, I felt like that was important to do a podcast on because when, you know, like we said, it's a time capsule. Like when we're looking back at this, it's going to be like, oh, and then at this time, Becca switched jobs and Ari's in working in tech. Like what? This history major is working in tech, you guys. Anyone can do it. <laughs> I wouldn't. If I were you, I would not. If you do that, I'll go with you because we also have that at work. Yeah. Wait, but like when? Like I need like a year. Okay. And then when? Then when would you go? How long? For a year? Like, how long would you go over there? Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You've always been like that, though. Like, you've always said you wanted to live there. I think your husband's there. I don't mean to throw anything out there, but I think he is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's changing, yeah. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should be enjoying it. Well, no, but you shouldn't be miserable. You're wasting your life. Yeah, these are your years to be selfish. Right. Mm-hmm. I've had no agency experience before this, so. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. It'll work out. Yeah. I would say to complete this segment, the, my best advice that I've recently learned is that if you find a company that you love that offers you growth, that offers you great benefits, I say stick with the, that company if you can find that it, there's a job in there that you like. Because I think there will be. Like if you love a company, you're bound to like something in that company. And if they offer you the position to try out a bunch of positions, what's better than that? You know? 1,000, 1,000 percent. Um, do you have another segment in mind? I have just like a couple quick things I wanted to discuss real quick. Um, okay. Firstly, I was in a spelling bee over the weekend. And I saw that. Yes, I was in a spelling bee and there's a lot of new developments in my life. I joined a book club to make friends and the book club is going fabulously and we do fun events like spelling bees. And here's my ribbon. That's what just made me think about it. Here's my ribbon, bud. Did you got off, what was the word you got off on? Marionette? Marionette. I can't even talk about it. Like, and then the word after me was varsity. Like, I'm are sorry. You kidding? Those are two different categories. Like, that's like fifth grade, sixth grade kind of shit. Like, I was pissed. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Anyways, um, so that's something new and new and exciting. But I wanted to ask you, bud, how you feel. Well, one, did you watch The Ultimatum? Oh, my gosh, yes. That was perfect okay. because <laughs> I, I like when we discuss some sort of, like, media, like, pop culture. Because I have a book yes. series I've been reading that I want to talk about, too. Please, tell um, me. But... And obviously Bridgerton came out. 
Oh so, my god. Did wait, did you watch is, Is It Cake? What? Yes, I watched the first it, episode. Yeah. Um that's all I mean the like, rest of the episodes were like yeah, that. Is it cake? Amazing. Um Ultimatum was batshit crazy. Like it that was show psychotic. was <laughs> That show was so unhinged. It was such good television. I could not look away and it was one of those shows I could where not I away. really did not know what was going to happen. There was Agreed. nothing predictable about that show. Like spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Turn this off if you have not watched those made him. When Colby got down on one knee at the end, I was like, this man is out of his mind if he thinks Madeline's going to say yes. And then Madeline saying yes and being like, you're the absolute love of my life. I was like, She hated him. She hated him the entire time. And also, you have, like, Shanique and Randall Randall. fighting the entire time, like, never seeing eye to eye. And then he's like, will you marry me? And she's like, yeah, now they're still together, which I guess is great. But they got unengaged. And the whole, like, Jake and Ray, where he's like, here's a ticket to anywhere in the world. It just, you know, <laughs> the thing is, is that either felt so bad for these April, people honestly. are seriously unhinged, or yeah. the show just really left out a lot of, like, the good parts of their relationships, or just, it was edited, like, choppy. Yeah. I think a little bit of both, because... I think a little bit of both. These people are definitely unhinged, but it was such good television. Almost as good as, did you watch Love is Blind, um, season two? Uh, of course. Did you see the Because our friend Kara was on it. Kara oh, got yeah. engaged. I know. And then she got... But now she's with some guy and she seems to be really happy. Yeah, she um, seems really But happy. did you see um, the reunion with Shake? <laughs> yes. He, I have never <gasps> seen a reunion like that. When he was literally just like... He was being, he was being unhinged. Like, he was like... He was like trying to low-key like out the Love is Blind producers. Like, he was trying to make it seem like... I can't believe Love they is Blind let that on television i mean it's smart it was so crazy but did i ever tell you i got in this fight well i didn't get in a fight i didn't engage i posted on my instagram like f you shake i can't believe you're saying this yada 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 and this guy responded to my story i don't know who he was he was just basically saying like oh so it's okay when a girl says they only date tall guys or a girl says you know they they won't date anyone under or over whatever and and it's not okay when he does it and i was like i don't even fucking want to engage with this so i just blocked him the man made two separate accounts to then message me again to be like i can't believe you blocked me and you're not having an actual conversation what are your followers going to say about this and i was like who does this man think he is so of course i responded just being like i'm so sorry i was not ready to have an actual debate about love is blind and i was like Sorry. Also, that's it. I was that like, that argument. Is this guy? I, that argument fails to take into account the history of and disparity between the sexes, just to begin with, and one thousand percent. You know all the inequality that exists in the first place. In the so world today, yes. So if you're looking at it, you can't. It's just hard. To, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's. You know, it's okay for women to say off, that off base right. or whatever, and I, I, I'm not saying it's his arguments coming out of nowhere. I'm just saying that you have to look at it contextually too. Totally, and you like, know, dude, it's a Love Is Blind reunion. Like, yeah, like chill the fuck out. Get get off of your separate Instagram also, accounts for this. Yeah, like also men are the so, worst. So, and that's just yeah. fact. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that on that no but love is fine was honestly psychotic so was um so so was um ultimatum um 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else crazy. Did you crazy watch that Bridgerton season two? Yes, and Bud. I know Bridgerton, like you're the Bridgerton girly of all girlies, but I could not get past the fact that that man likes men. Like, I'm sorry. I just couldn't feel that chemistry. Like, I did I think he was hot 1000%. But did I, was I sad because I'm like, you don't actually like this girl? Also, 1000%. I was so the opposite. Like, I <gasps> think, first of all, I think he is just one of the hottest people ever. I mean, he and is. And. I think that their chemistry was so good, and I, I, I was a little iffy on her acting a little bit, her and her sister's acting, which I know might be an unpopular opinion. No, I, I was, was too. I thought Hot it was take. a little kind of not... It gave community theater vibes Yes, sometimes. but she, I don't know if you know this feeling, but she goes, he goes, because his acting is brilliant. He is one of the best actors. He was and, giving and she and, needed it back. And there's and this she, one point, there's this one point where she says, um, he's like, why do you hate me so much? What have I done to you? She goes, because, because you fucks me. And like, she says it in such a, oh my God, such like a, yes. Again, like a community. And her theater. face is like, because you fix me. Yeah. It just was kind of <laughs> weird. And I think that her sister too, but besides for that, Didi? I, I loved, Didi? I loved, I thought the chemistry was really good. I liked, at first, you know, I know the buildup is so hard because you're like, why don't they just kiss? Like, it literally took forever. It was the longest amount of foreplay I've ever seen. I liked the enemies to lovers. I thought, I don't know, I I really, really liked it. And I cannot, but I'm doing my healthy, my healthy habits and I'm not rewatching it a million times because like I remind myself Bridgerton is not real life the men in real life are not Bridgerton the main character is actually gay and he will never love me which I actually think has been better for my mental health um so true we should tell everybody that we should tell you that every main character you're in love with is gay and won't love you yeah exactly so so that is I know because I have this complex whenever I see a movie or tv show and the guy is say around my age and i think he's hot i mean like jonathan bailey and bridgerton is different because he's well, yeah. older and gay i mean not older but like a little bit out of the age range i think and he's and not gay. like 24 right yeah but when i see a guy who's like saying like the 25 to like 33 range and right single and an actor i'm like oh i'm gonna meet them and they're just gonna fall in love with yeah. me don't Forget all the models and stuff like that. I don't know how it's going to happen. No, you're going to be fall in love with my quirky personality. For um, sure. But I have this complex where I really do believe that. And I don't yeah. know if that's delusional or manifesting, but I'm going to choose the second one. Um, I feel like it could be a little bit of both. But, but, um, but the, I, him being gay definitely did help yeah. with me not manifesting um, him. But that was really good. Right. And I also have one more... Um, recommendation if you are a fantasy girly and like is it like the pixies are you, is it, are you about to tell me about the pixies no wait is it a book series it is a book series they, it's What's fairies it so not fairies pixies. everyone freaking loves these fairy books no it's not it's not it's not Akatar. no no I know according what's to it called you it called cruel prince there's there's three books there's cruel prince wicked king and then one other one. I don't know if you're just kind of because I found for my mental health, it was not good. I sound like an actual psychotic person, which maybe I am a little bit. It's not good for me to read all these rom coms or, or these romantic 
history novels because I'm like, because it's a little bit like, oh, this will never happen. But when you Woe read is a me. romance novel that's also fantasy and also like filled with a lot of action and and subplots yeah. and and adventure then you're not as much like depressed i i don't think by like i can see that real life if that makes sense that sounds really depressing and i love my life but no but i, I agree don't know if that makes any sense um but i don't know these books that i'm reading are really good i just finished the first one which is called cruel prince i don't know who they're by but you can just look it up cruel prince we can all google wicked king just look it up but they're famous and it's just basically about this girl who's a human and she's kind of stolen and lives in this world where there's fairies but and it sounds Ooh. so like sixth grade but it's actually like the world is really no, it like i'm a big fantasy grade. fan i love harry potter game yeah. of thrones all that kind of vibe it's kind of gives off almost like a hunger game-ish vibes it's yeah know, it's that's really not weird strong not powerful weird. female lead um we love no, it's just a, it's just a good read I, I definitely recommend it so far i just started the second book okay well i will have to give it a read i'm looking for new books to read i'm reading um tessa bailey's hook line and sinker What's right now it is so good these are when i tell you the porniest books i've ever read in my entire life like they will just be like at breakfast and this man will just, like, have sex with this woman. Like, it makes no sense. And honestly... So many books are like that. And sometimes I'll just... It's it, so a unrealistic. A lot of the historical romance books are like that because what I used to do is just... Because I, I read all the Bridgerton books. I obviously love Bridgerton. Well, duh. And I'd go off of what was recommended and just kind of get it and read it. And just based on, like, it says, if you like this, you'll like this. You'll like this, and yeah. And they're like, all of a sudden, they'll just, like, hit you with, like, a sex I know. And you're like, what? <laughs> And I'm like, hang on, I'm fully at a cafe right now. Like, you can't be just pulling this out. But our latest book club book that we're talking about in May um, was called The History of Wild Places. Oh, my God. It was not rom-com. It was a thriller. It was the best book I've ever read. And I don't like thrillers because, like, things scare me. Yeah, I love this thrillers. One, you would love it, bud. It was so good. And what I don't like about thrillers usually is that, like, you can kind of tell what's going to happen. Like, it never, like, really gets me, like that confused this one threw me like when i read the ending i like dropped the book because i was like where the fuck did that come from but it made so much sense because like they technically had been hinting at it but i just like as a reader you don't even think about how that could Wait, possibly can you be. give me a little premise without giving anything away just okay. kind of like set the scene a little bit a history of wild places an author her name is maggie st james she goes missing and she's missing for five years and the police ultimately say you know she's dead whatever like she doesn't exist um, but there's this one guy who we know kind of has this gift that he's had as a kid. It's almost kind of like Long Island medium-esque, except he can't, like, talk to the dead. It's mainly, like, he'll get these, like, flashbacks of where people have been um, just by, like, touching something that they owned. So, like, if he was in a hotel room and he picks up the remote, like, he would get kind of, like, flashbacks of, like, who had stayed in that room before. Um, and he never really knew what to do with it. He was just always thought, like, that's a weird gift I have. But he ultimately ended up starting work for um, the FBI and, like, was helping solve missing person missing persons cases because he could kind of, like, get a better feel on, like, maybe where they would have gone and what would have happened. So they this family asks him if they can help find him. They're like, it's been five years. We're not sure if you could really do much with that because it's been so long, but we want you to help him, to help us. So the movie starts by him, like, essentially finding out where she... What? You said the movie starts... 
Oh, sorry. It could be a movie. The book starts by him essentially, like, finding where she is. Maybe. That's what we are led to believe. So, like, you're immediately, like, caught up. Because you're like, oh, my God. He's going to find her in the first, like, 30 pages. And then it, like, switches to a completely different story with different characters. And you're like, where did the detective, like, where did the detective go? And then the way that he can come back in the end. And it's kind of culty. Like, it shows, like, a cult. Like, it's it's cool. It's weird. It's, like, honestly one of the most, like, complex but most easy-to-read book because it, like, really keeps you and locks you in. I would recommend. Amazing. Okay. I'll let you know what the book club girlies think. We usually we usually all agree. But this and what's really Hook, good. Line, and Sinker about? Oh, so Hook, Line, and Sinker is just a, a – it's a sequel to the book It Happens One Summer, which was, like – also an incredible book. But What's that about? So Hook, Line, and Sinker, or no, sorry, It Happens One Summer is about a girl who moves to this fishing village because she kind of got, like, expelled from L.A. because, like, she was being crazy. And so she had to go to this, like, fishing village, and she meets, like, the hottest, sexiest, like, boat captain, and, like, he, like, teaches her how to be, like, a down-to-earth person, and, like, because she's modeled after Alexis Rose. Like, that's what the author said. She was, like, writing her as, and you, it's so obvious. But they end up, like, finding out all this stuff about, like, their dad who had lived there like they meet family members and they always thought like they didn't have any family on their dad's side it was really it was a good book but mainly like pretty porny and then the second book is equally as porny but it's just about the girl's sister who also goes back to that town ah okay it's good like tessa bailey does a good i really like her books not like for anything intellectually but just like just for like a fun chill read yeah, but I, I did the same thing, though. I'm like, this would totally happen to me. Like, if I went to, like, a fishing town, oh, like... Would, I, I, I'm telling you, I have such a complex where I'm like... Same. Oh, yeah, all the stuff that happens in movies and books... Oh, that's... Will totally happen to me. Happen to me, yeah. Yeah. Maybe no, I feel the exact same way. You need to go on that show, The Courtship. Like, I don't know why they didn't cast you as the lead. I know, but... But... I haven't seen it, actually, to be honest, because I don't know the guys... You would love it. Like, eh, I feel like... They are. It's very because scripted. Because I don't want guys... I don't... This is... I don't know if this will make any sense. I don't want guys that want to play pretend like they're in the 1800s. I want guys who are either actually in the 1800s or have to play <laughs> them as as an actor. So, like, sure. they're not doing it just to, like, be on a reality show. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, these guys aren't aren't giving you what, what you want. I get it. I get what you mean. Like, they're just playing a part. Or they're just, like, I understand should watch it, though. What is it on Peacock? I think you liked it. Yes. Yeah. I've recorded it. So I just, like, I haven't finished it because it is a little bit, like, slow. And they do this, like, choreographed dance at the end that they do in Bridgerton. And, like, that's how she either, like, keeps them there or lets them go. But, like, she has to, like, have a full conversation while dancing. So the whole time she's, like, I really like you. But I'm really sorry. Like, she's, like, out of breath. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's so funny. <laughs> You have to like you would like it. I think it's like an easy, just lighthearted thing to watch. Like, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna keep up with it, but it's good, and I think you should be the star of the next one. Amazing, definitely will take into account. Good. Okay, you guys. Well, it's been almost an hour. Wow, look at us. Lots I know to catch we up just on. really had a lot to catch up on. I'm like so happy we did this because I just love I recording with you. I love podcasting. Honestly, it's such a passion project, and 
we need it to really just like does also when you have a lot on your mind it is like one we get to catch up and two it's like therapy like you get to talk out yes. the things you've been thinking about and and things that you're excited about and maybe things you've been working on I don't know it just kind of feels good it does feel good and it's it's a good outlet and it's you know I mean I sit at my computer all day and I don't have a ton of like you don't have this many conversations I don't think I mean I don't yet but it's just nice to like talk and like you said, get things out and get different perspectives and catch up with your friend who lives halfway across the America. America. I was going to say the earth, but you actually don't really live like halfway across America for me. So Yeah, true. Anyways, you guys, um, we are definitely going to try to get back into a more normal recording schedule. I think our problem, bud, was that like we didn't really realize that like weeknights were like an option. Do you know what I mean? Like we never yeah. could do Sundays because Sundays got so busy, but like... What about a Tuesday or a Wednesday? Yeah. I like mean, I still like recording on Sundays, though. Oh, you do? I, I do. Or because like a you Sunday. got a little um, too tired last time. Well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, so for some reason, Sunday night, we were supposed to record at 8.30. And at 7 p.m., I hit a wall. I don't know what You happened. also were outside all day. Uh, yeah, I was at the Yankees game, like, standing. I, I just was so tired in the sun. Yeah. And I got back, and I was so beat. I was like, I have to go yeah. back. So we will be working on that. Um, but now it's nice because I don't have to wake up at an ungodly hour for work anymore. I don't have to wake up at like 530. I can actually sleep in until 8. So we can even record a little bit. You know, we've got more options. We have all the options in the world. The world is our oyster. The world is our oyster and the city became our stage. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we really appreciate our thousands and thousands of listeners. Like the show could not go on without you and all of our sponsors. Thank you so much. BetterHelp, Liquid IV, Prada, Gucci. <laughs> oh, here I am listing like Casefy, Brooklinen, like normal sponsors. Gucci for sure. Gucci is our biggest sponsor. Um, thank you so much. We will hopefully see you guys not in four months. That we can promise you. It will not be another four months. Yeah, we're going to get our shit together. Yeah. You guys try being podcast hosts. It's hard. And I also think now that we're, you know, living different lives, we have just, like, more fun stories and things to, like, more yeah. life experience and stuff to talk about, you know? Podcast was a little dull. I'm like, what'd you do this week? Well, it's also like, because uh, it went was on COVID a walk with too. my mom. <laughs> yeah, we had nothing going on. Now there's lots of things happening and lots of... Oh, Yeah you know shenanigans we haven't even touched on pete and kim we haven't even touched on elon buying twitter like we've got a lot to talk about you guys so we will definitely be back okay thank you guys so much for for listening not watching thank you guys so much for listening as always follow our podcast on instagram it's at wad podcast i think haven't used it in a while but i'll double check that follow ari and i on instagram it's becca underscore fortune and then ariel lee and yeah we will see you guys in the next one. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>